Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of ET Network. I'm your host, Deadman. With me, as always, Grave Robert. Today, we got special guest Danny Atwell, and today's episode is brought to you by Fascination Street. That's right. One touch will take you to another world. Use yeah. code Who Are You for ten percent off. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. It has been a fucked week. It has been a busy week. We are fucking back, though. I'm fucking back with about 60 to 70% hearing, but we're making it work. We're doing the best we can. I don't want to miss another show. Putting it on Grave Robber's shoulder wasn't uh, fair for me in the first place, but there's not fuck all you can do with 103-degree fever. So No, it's not. <laughs> uh, now that we're back here, and of course, fucking DJ's missing, but you know what? He got a... He told us why he got a massive, massive bonus for what he's doing today. So we're not going to fucking force him to. Definitely to, proud of him. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to yeah. force him to do a show that he doesn't get paid that kind of money for. Yeah. <laughs> so let's. If we had start. another like six, seven thousand Patreons, then we might be like, come on, man. Yeah. You can skip that. <laughs> you can skip that. But let's go ahead and let's go ahead and start the, the fucking wrap up. What have you been up to this week, Grave? Uh, I know, I know, but you know, it's for the listeners. Well, what we have should you been let, watching, consuming. Should let Dan go first. He's the guest today. All right, Danny, what have you been up to this week? What have you been doing, consuming, watching, spanking? Doing. Oh my lord! So what I've been doing, um, besides my normal day job, which I'm not talking about, it just causes too much depression. Nah, uh, that's why we're here. <laughs> we're here. Um, to get the fuck away from that. Yeah. And uh, you know, just normally, just uh, handling stuff for Dark Charm, doing the. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of the teasers and and just you know trying to hype up Fascination Street, and you know j- just um what uh, uh I've been watching whatever I can when I can nothing like like I finished up Mash. It was a sad episode at the end. Mash. Yeah, Mash. The la- the last episode is is still technically the most uh viewed episodic uh television uh ending in american history even more than dallas even more yeah, than dallas like really? twice as much as dallas but then wow. again the but then again that episode was also an hour and a half long i think i, I believe it clocked in just under 127 yeah 127 I i'm so. telling you let, me, was, let me double check on that it was intense like wrong but uh yeah i saw that episode I'm still trying. Like uh, I, f- I finished up Stranger Things. Fuck um, me, we're all we're all wrong. It's two and a half hours. Oh, D- dang! It didn't feel like it. <laughs> so then, what was an hour twenty-seven? I have. Is no that the idea. first episode? Checking. I don't know, but I, I do know that um, that episode was pretty. Like it, it was, it was a lot in it, um, and. Like, the ending was, like, very depressing because it's like, you know, you have such a close relationship between BJ and and, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. And you're like, you'll never see each other again. Well, I mean, like, there was... (laughs) A lot of people don't think that MASH was very uh, involved in what was going on in the world, considering considering it came out, what, ten years after the, the Vietnam War had ended. And uh, well, no, five five years after the Vietnam War ended, but there was there was some poignant 
things said in that that were being addressed in public discourse. You know, there was, there was this common thing that, oh, war is hell, war is hell, war is hell. <laughs> Shut up that chicken. <laughs> Welcome, Mike. We love you. Um, Ooh, chickens. There was, there was this thing, this, uh, this war is hell, <laughs> war is hell, war is hell. And I forgot who said it, but it was like, no, war is not hell. Who, who are the people in hell? People are damned. They go to hell. I was the people. Yeah, and he's, and he's like, people in war, there is, there is innocence. Yeah, there are suffer. no innocent bystanders in hell. There are no innocent bystanders in hell. Thank you. That's the fucking line. Damn. You're on it, Grave. You're on it today. I love it. Look out now. But, uh, uh, yeah, so the American involvement in Vietnam ended in 64. MASH debuted in 72. Eight years. I thought it was 67. Mm-mm. I thought they started in 67. The pilot no, no, episode no. was 72. No, no, I know, no, I know no, the talking about the Vietnam War, but it was all set in the Korean War, which technically, the, the strange thing about MASH was... Mash mm. lasted eleven seasons. the The Korean War was only three years. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah. how do you put all that eleven seasons in three years? It's just mind boggling. Well, it's about the number of details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but you know, there, there was a, there was a lot of pointed shit in Mash, and so yeah. like when I remember watching it as a kid and just reading between the lines, like the poetry of like the writing was was really really incredible and uh i was always so impressed with like how how they were able to balance such a difficultly heavy subject with what's his name cross-dressing to get off base clinger clinger (laughs) there you go you know like and and i remember i remember watching that and going like i'm i'm in in the south i'm from texas i shouldn't like this but that's fucking hilarious (laughs) yeah um, okay, so here's how it went. Father McCulley says, war is hell. Hawkeye says, war isn't hell. War is war and hell is hell. And of the two, war is a lot worse. Well, how do you figure that, Hawkeye? Easy, Father. Tell me, who goes to hell? Sinners, I believe. Exactly. There are no innocent bystanders in hell. War is chock full of them. Little kids, cripples, and old ladies. In fact, except for some of the brass, almost everybody involved is an innocent bystander. Yeah. Yep. Man, that, that I remember that fucking scene too, because they're over they're over a patient when they're doing yeah. this shit. I remember that scene, and I remember I remember how important that was, and I remember even the idea that just a few years fucking later, it was that 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 appeared in a Stephen King novel about soldiers that had come back, and I think it was the same compilation that uh, the Dolphin was in. I like how uh, he said, except for some of the brass, everybody is an innocent bystander. Except for some of the brass. <laughs> Fuck right? the officers, man. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the butter bars. We lost the Korean War in three years. We, we got a TV hit for 11 seasons. All in all, win. <laughs> right? I mean, Mike, we're not going to disagree with you, pal. Hey, so, and we uh, figured out how to make snow boots, too, after the Korean War. <laughs> Those would yeah. have been useful back then, but hey, we have them now. That we're fighting in the desert. <laughs> well, yeah, just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've uh, that. That's what I've been ma- majority doing uh, since the last time I've been on. So, it is what it is. Great. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, well, as you can tell by me and Deadman having different backdrops, I kind of set up part of my little command center. Um, so that was fun. Also, watched the movie Prey. Which is very interesting. I have a couple of points on that that do not spoil anything, just something fun to think about. Yes, please don't do that. I'm seeing that tonight. <laughs> oh, no, it's not going to spoil it. Well, okay, the two things to think about, though, is it goes all the way back to, like, natives, right? 
So basically, the native that the, the the main protagonist is the reason the predators keep coming back to Earth. So that's fun to think about. And the other thing to think about is the predator and the main protagonist are doing the same thing. They are adolescents in their tribe fighting to prove themselves in the hunt. Then I watched all of Good Omens. Binge watched that. Yes. That was a fucking awesome show. Yes. Like I don't even really know how to describe it, but it, it was, was fucking awesome. If you've never beautiful. seen Good Omens, you should just definitely watch it. Like, the gist of that is an angel and a demon work together to try to prevent the apocalypse, the giant war between heaven and hell. And the spawn of Satan just wants to be a normal boy and heal the world. So I can see why a lot of people hated it. Because it's very, like, fix the world, don't be a dick to each other. Which, yeah, honestly, gets a lot of hate from certain groups of people. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, for, for was it, seven hours? It wasn't a bad, wasn't a bad binge. It was wonderful. It, was, it is one of the most beautifully, cleverly written fucking TV shows in the last yeah. five years. I would definitely easily. say so, yeah, for sure. Easily, um, easily. And then I'm teaching Mr. Demolition over here how to actually, like, repair. Fix shit. <laughs> do the other half of a, of a home renovation. I started teaching him that today, so. Yeah. That's fun. So. That's, that's basically where my week's been. Been kind of. You know, looking for new jobs and things like that, getting things squared away on the personal side. But other than that, not a lot of media intake. Just uh, pray and good omens and rewatch the original Predator. Yeah. And thought about, like, when they wrote this, did they know it was going to be as much of, like, a cult? Not even cult, just like a cultural classic mm-hmm. that it became, you know? Like, you know that? We had a discussion the, uh, about that. Yeah. But you know the funny thing about that, Grave? Hmm. I noticed because uh, I, I found this out um, while watching Stranger Things. The guy that Dutch mentions, Jim Hopper, almost yeah. exactly is like he knows how to get out of uh, you know uh, tough situations. Tough situations, well, except for when they found him skinned, you know, in the forest. But yeah, who's no, to Hopper, say th- <laughs> Hopper was like the guy? Yeah, that yeah. Dutch kept talking about. And then Billy was the, the big Indian guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he was like, I can't believe Hopper would do this. I don't think he did. Yeah, I can't believe Hopper would walk into an ambush. Yeah, that's it. I don't think he did, boss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but no, that could definitely be like the hop, like the, the doofers inspiration for Jim. Mm-hmm. But, um, see, what, 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 <laughs> I mean, what, what, we know Jim's a badass. <laughs> he yeah. escaped a Russian prison. Twice, like fist, fist fought, fought a, a demogorgon. Killed a demogorgon. <laughs> yeah. All right, fist fought a fucking demogorgon. Motherfucker's <laughs> tough as shit. Uh, let's see, what did I do? Oh, I went to the hospital, so that that was fun. Uh, kind of spent the last week trying to recover, not being able to fucking hear. Uh, that's not fun. It's not fun at all, considering one no. of my favorite things to do is listen to goddamn music. And it's oh not yeah, fun talking to either. a microphone. <laughs> One of my favorite fucking things to do is to talk into a microphone and listen to what my friends have to say. Kind of difficult to do when you can't hear shit. Uh, 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 I can't hear you. After that, uh, I did. Speak what, up, we, son. We did what we, I rewatched uh, Good Omens, and I, it's like I, I, I love, I love that fucking show so much because of who, who, who all of all of the people in it. 
everybody in it does it, it gives one thousand percent effort in this fucking show there is not a single slouch in this entire production like not not a one not 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 a single one there's nobody that isn't hitting their their marks their lines the the fucking plant scene <laughs> the plant scene was fucking beautiful um all the Doctor Who references. I love all that. the Doctor Who references. There's so many Doctor Who references. And I had to point out, like, how many of them to you? Like, three or four? Well, no, not a couple of them. No, it was two. It was two. Yeah, I know you pointed out the... Uh, Gallifrey. The David, the David Tennant um, Shakespeare thing. Yeah, yeah. So. And now, apparently nobody got... Apparently nobody understood that joke. Like, I was like... Well, because here's How? the thing, because you can be fans of the show and not have to give a shit about what happens in the actor's personal life. It wasn't personal. It wasn't a, it wasn't a personal But it's thing. not directly related to the show. No, no, no. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a weird Doctor Who, David Tennant, <laughs> Good Omens. It's like an all three thing, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, I had a lot of, I love watching that fucking show. I really fucking do. It, it is one of the most cleverly written shows. And I think, I think Graves' favorite gag was the goddamn camera hitting the window Mel Brooks yeah. style. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Because they have, they have all these wonderful crane shots that go right in through the window and it's all whimsical. Or through a wall. Or stuff. through a wall yeah. and they follow the characters. But there's just this one time, I think it's like in episode three just or four. Once, yeah. And it's just, <laughs> clunk. <laughs> it's the fucking, it's yeah, the, the crane shot window. goes up from the street, sees the window, sees the character, and dunk. And then it cuts to inside <laughs> it goes the room. to the next scene. Uh, it's, it's just fucking... He he laughed so hard I had to pause it because when he missed like the next two lines I was like yeah. you gotta listen. <laughs> um, watched Prey, which was wonderful. Oh man, that felt so good. It felt so good to get back to form. You know what I mean? Like back to form, back to to to. We're not just gonna fight these guys until we find a weapon big enough. No, it's I gotta outsmart this fucking thing. You know what I mean? I gotta out hunt this fucking thing. Yeah, just like Dutch, just like Dutch, just like Danny uh, Donald Glo Danny Glover, Danny Glover's Danny Glover. uh, character. Donald Glover is the rapper. Yeah, uh, in Predator Two, and even 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 in Predators, the, mm -hmm. the where they had the, like the three or four people, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. even that, even that was way more to form than the Predator that Shane Black did a few years ago. Mm -hmm. It was just. God, it just felt good. It just felt good and it felt right. And even though it's two hours long, it didn't feel like it at all. The pacing was, pacing was perfect. The palette in that movie, though, oh, the palette in that movie, I was in love. I was in love with it. I kept pointing it out to Grave. I was like, Dude, look at the, look at that palette on that shot. Look at that. <clears throat> Prey was decent. It, it ended with Predator owning a casino it was a shock to me, at least. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I got I got some inference for that, uh, Mike, but I'm not going to touch it. That <laughs> uh, was Senator Pitbull. <laughs> uh, I went to the doctor. I found out I can't wear earbuds. I can't wear earbuds or any kind of fucking headphones. So I had to make a very stupid fucking investment that I'm not happy about. But I, I mean, it had to be done. You know what I mean? Like I, I can't I can't even smoke because of like what happened. Uh, so that's why you guys see me doing this a lot. 
it's because I literally can't smoke. Like, unless <laughs> unless I like worsen my condition, and I don't want to go back to being deaf. But anyways, uh, <laughs> played played House Flipper a lot. Uh, grave. I, I bought a I bought a house up in the mountains, surrounded by mountains. It's always snowing. It's always white. And uh, I challenged Grave. I was like, I- I'm buying this house. I want you to set it up how you think I would like it to be set up. Like, it, like if you bought this house, and if I bought this house and said, hey, just go nuts, do it my style. And he did it beautifully. I like, I am so <laughs> fucking happy with that house. I was like, who do imagine I Imagine what I can do with a real house. I was like, who do I got to <laughs> murder to get a house like this? Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. Oh no, nice Deadman had to buy another set of headphones. Oh well, well look, Susan. The, the thing is, is that I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of over the ear stuff. I, I like my buds because I work. I, I work at getting in and out of a fucking truck. <laughs> yeah, that so. it gets very hard to, uh, especially when you're in a cab, taking these giant things off. You know, to yeah, to, and- especially going in and out of work. It's insane <laughs> i use over the ear when i'm in the house but growing up in florida you don't use over the ear for no. nothing no 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 and because then uh, it's like let me take my headphones off yeah all the yeah, sweat that you've accumulated <laughs> yeah it just rolls down your neck and you're like, rolls down ah, and it feels ah. all it just feels all wonky yeah. but anyways um other than that i i wrote a very very interesting scene for the season two premiere Coming later on of uh, the Brotherhood of Ridiculous People. We ain't even done season one yet, buddy. I know, but I wrote that scene <laughs> and I pitched it, and everybody's face was priceless. Yes, yes. Because it was. while because while all of you were like in the end were like, I love this scene. The initial look on your guys' face was. I don't think mine was like that. Yes, it was. No, because, it wasn't. Yes, no. you were. Like, Grave Graves was the only one that was like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I like where this is going. More violence, please. <laughs> uh, so that's going to be really interesting. But let's get to what we're here for today. Today is a free form show. Uh, we don't have any subjects, namely because, like I said, DJ is very busy and he's he's trying to make uh, his life. He's trying to correct his life after some stuff happened, and we're not gonna we're not gonna begrudge him that. We are gonna begrudge him though the idea that he made us watch in the name of the fucking king that a two and a half hour fucking U bowl movie. Mm. Motherfucker ate like our entire day yesterday, and like our entire day For yesterday. Real. And it's a it's a it's a god awful movie. It's on it's on the Patreon. It's on the Patreon. Five dollars uh for dude, that three tier. hour movie roast, dude. And it is a three hour movie roast. Like we we got so we got so fucking tired of it we resorted to fart jokes and like <laughs> it, it was it's so fucking bad. We just had a lot of fun pointing out that Matthew Lillard was not sober a single day on set. Probably not. No, he wasn't. This is cataloged that he was not yeah. sober a single day on set. And there's this one scene where he's trying to like be sexy and hit on this hit on this like princess character, and he gets up there, but he's trying. He he's supposed to do like a stage burp, but he's so fucking drunk. He does the drunk. I'm about to throw up burp. He's like, "Well, princess." <clears throat> oh. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I know that burp. That's and he, horrible. And he grabs a snack off the table. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta just pack that back down. 
<laughs> oh, it's so goddamn bad. It's so fucking bad. So we are going to begrudge DJ that, though. So fuck DJ for that. Hey, but oh. Eastbound and Down fit really well in that battle that was, scene. That was perfect. That was so perfect. That was so weirdly perfect. Burt Reynolds uh, was like, go! And it was like, Eastbound and Down. Loaded up and trucking. Uh, it was weird because, like, <laughs> like I... I, I see Crave Robert with his phone, with his phone, and I'm, and I'm watching it. And he's like, "I just wanted to go into battle already. I got something. It's perfect." I'm like, "Okay, why? Are you, you got a prop or something?" And then and he's, he's like, like, "Go!" And you just see that. So, and I even, I even muted the movie. I even muted the movie so we could listen to it. It was beautiful. But let's talk about Fascination Street because uh, Fascination Street number one has debuted on Dark Charm Media. And that is where you get all your favorite fucking podcasts. Give it a listen. Everybody, including myself, worked very hard on this. This was uh, this is a little uh, this is a little pet project of Danny's that I was, you know, Grave Robber and I have been very uh, uh, fortunate to be involved in. And uh, I can honestly say after listening to the final product and those fucking birds were turned down. It is a wonderful, wonderful story. Yes, so, yes, it is. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the inspiration to this, man. Like, what 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 drove you to write this? Like, what what was what was uh, the the piece of media, movie, music? What brought you to this idea of not only making this like the nexus and, and the linchpin of Dark Charm, but what brought you to the to the I want to make this the thing. Well, for starters, thanks, Susan. I appreciate the love. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, uh, my, my, my inspiration for it was I took, um, I took a lot of inspiration from, I would say a combination of weird sci-fi fantastical um, but like, I just, I had this idea in my head and it was um, along the lines of, okay, what, what would you do if you could operate outside of space, time and reality? I mean, we, we sort of delve into that with dark charm presents because it always says that, you know, um, everything's like a wandering river, Yeah, but it's never been like the absolute essence of anything dark charm related before so the main character was uh originally was was created by uh justin lentz was a, a friend of ours right and um but wonderful he artist only, wonderful artist um but he he only really came up with like the smaller concept and the name fascination street i had to basically come up with the rest fill out, fill out the rest yeah i had to fill out the rest so the the story in itself about you know this this young kid it, it was it was basically my love letter to the 80s um i always wanted this to sort of be a period type piece but not a period type piece because obviously when you're not adhering to space time and reality everything you know, everything comes up for grabs. Right. So, um, being the fact that it's my love letter to the 80s, I wanted to make sure that I had a, a story that was compelling enough 
to to put out plus you know but like i wanted something way different than what i was normally doing for the rest of stuff for dark charm because you know i was you know i did noxo i did you know i've been doing the uh you know dark charm presents and that'll be coming it's in its fourth season eventually um and you know fun with dirt's coming and then you know the brotherhood of ridiculous people so like a lot of people have been really clamoring about our comedic stuff but yeah. not I mean, like we you know our serious stuff has been sort of like put on the back burner for a little bit but now the idea is to you is to bring that back and say you know dark charm does good stories besides uh the funny stuff they're not and, just funny they have feelings <laughs> yeah i mean well i mean like when we when we take a look at the whole of dark charm like there is there is a, and i was i was thinking about this yesterday when we were doing off the cuff comes out later this month mm-hmm. uh when we were talking about it I, I was looking at just how many relationships there are in dark charm mm-hmm. and the fact that they're all based on love there is not a single one based off of convenience or you know mutual uh mutual gain or anything else like that they're, they're all based off of love and without going with leaving fascination street out for now because it's this a spoiler um but i mean we got juice and leaf who are mm-hmm. just absolutely fucking in love with each other um we have uh, uh um Noxo. yeah yeah um karen and josh That's karen it. and josh thank you and then I, mean, I love that love dude him. he basically says I gotta go fight the devil, and all she has to say is, "Come back to me." Come back to I'm me. I'm like, that Such is a fucking awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then we got, we got, uh, you know, we have all, we have all these other things that come in, like e- even, even a platonic relationship, like a night of the chickens, like between the two guys. They're, you know, it's these these two guys who are just old friends, but there's a lot of love there, even fucking with each other. You know what I mean? Like, do you leave eggs in my goddamn bedroom? Dude, I'm gonna <laughs> you a six pack of beer. So Why would I friend? leave eggs? Yeah, I wouldn't have left you eggs, dude. What the hell? And you know, uh, uh, like with, with Brotherhood, you have you have uh, uh, Gladys and you have Ricardo, Ricardo yeah. and you know, and it's all it, it's it's all just these really wholesome, lovely relationships. And I I kind of I was kind of thinking about that like last night after we got off the got off the the. The, the session and I was just like there there is not a single like ill written relationship in Dark Charm. And I and I and I like to I like I'm kind of proud of being a part of that. You know what I mean? That was that was the intent. And I'll tell you And the also why. thinking more about Gladys and Ricardo's relationship too, right? Because Gladys is like very like cautious and soft with other people but very direct with Ricardo. Mm-hmm. And Ricardo is very direct with other people, but cautious and soft with Gladys. It's almost like when they're not interacting with each other, they're emulating each other because that's how they understand what it's like for someone to care. You know? Oh my lord! Like it's, it can get so deep. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and and just especially with um, the the coming episode that's coming for uh, this month, it's going to knock your socks off. It really and Juice is. and Leaf are just fucking perfect. And Juice and Leaf, you know, <laughs> which comes out next week, you know, Smoke and Mirrors comes out next week. That's going to be insane to, to listen to because, you know, for just a little bit of a spoiler, you get to see what a day in the life of Juice and Leaf really is. And just how so. powerful they are. Just what kind of a pull they have in this universe. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is something I'm so proud that this. Oh, that's why I, I talked about it last night. But they do you know, have a good life, though. 
you know, they do steamy but towels in the car like, in the car on. hell yeah <laughs> like like uh I'm so proud of that episode, and I said it, I said it last night, but this is our show now, so I'm going to say it. I'm very proud of this episode coming on uh, uh, next week uh, because of how much I wrote to it and how how what what Danny added wasn't to to, to change but to supplement everything that happened in that episode, and I'm just so fucking proud of how that came out, and just how Beautiful. their 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 power. It's it's just there on display for like the entire audience to see for Henry to witness, Henry being like the main scope of which we see Juice and Leaf through, and uh, I, I love this because I, I in 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 a way or in a way or so, this also influenced uh, I would like to think the way Fascination Street was written. It's, it's such a limited scope of. Uh, uh, Damon's view of the world and there is so much bigger monsters out there but Damon is like Henry and he has this very narrow scope and he's just figuring out the monsters behind the scenes and you know what's in the water kind of thing I mean so, Damon literally Damon literally just stumbled into it yeah it, like you know for lack of a better term he's like it was an accident he you know <laughs> he you? cut his head open and you know it, his blood got on the lamppost, and that was it. He was in. And the lamppost chose him. Lamppost chose him. You want the green screen, Bubba? No, no. I was just getting the light in here. Okay. I just uh, didn't feel like it was appropriate to stand up and just have you know six seconds of grave robber crotch on there. Like I am single, but I'm not advertising like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, uh, I was really blessed, especially to get you know to get grave robber to play Rafferty. And I still don't know how to take it when you guys compliment me on my work. Like, I really don't know how to take it. I know it was literally your first. Okay. I know it was literally your first day on the job, but you did a fantastic job. (laughs) The whole, the whole fascination street series of Rafferty was my first day, which is, you got more comfortable as the episodes went on. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. Yeah. I kind of like, I learned more about Rafferty, you know, as I was recording and portraying him. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of fun. Well, you, you take it awkwardly, like I take every compliment that I get about Juice and Leaves, right? Like, <laughs> right? It's like you know, Grave Robber did a great job recording Rafferty. Thanks, you two. <laughs> no thanks, I'm full. What? But, um, but Fascination Street was was a ve- was always going to be something special in regards to how the Dark Charm universe in general reacted to this series. Right. Um, you're gonna see it getting into realms of other stories within Dark Charm. Like I said, there's a reason why we call this the linchpin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell you, like seeing the world through the eyes of of Damon, who's brand new with everything, and then eventually with Carrie coming in, which is um. A character that's you know, played by uh, Emily McAnulty, who's done a fantastic job, and you guys are going to be very, 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 very interested to see how that comes out n- next month. But, uh I mean, my Darla's still my favorite. You know, Darla and Rod from uh, Darla and Rod Brotherhood are still my favorite. I mean, <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, but I, I mean, like for for me personally, you know, there, there's a 
There is a lot of fucking 80s in Vaccination Street. Hell That's yeah. That's the point. You, you got Bill and Ted influences. You got Doctor Who influences. You have uh, influences from fucking, I'll go as far as Teen Wolf. You have uh, uh, Beyond the, uh, not Beyond the Mat. Uh, um, God, what was, that? what was that weird 80s movie about wrestling? No Holds Bar. No Holds Bar. You got some No Holds Bar in there. And then you have, you have this Hans Gruber villain. Mm. which is just beautiful mm. like like because hans gruber is unapologetically a dickhead yes you know what i mean like the whole fucking thing you know what i mean like towards the end of die hard when she's like all of this because you're a petty thief and he like he he like shuffles towards her on his hands and he's, he goes i am an exceptional thief you know and he's just <laughs> it's just venom like towards her and towards mclean and uh there's so much of that going on and then you even have some fucking quantum leap thrown in there with the whole not only traveling the universes in time but uh uh al being more or less al and ziggy being combined to form what is rafferty and uh i it, it, there's so much fucking 80s in there and it, and I, I remember helping danny write it you know what i mean we get into this, some of the more fantastical stuff later on down the line that's more my arena but like this first episode, man, I, I'm 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 listening to it, and I'm like, this is Bill and Ted. This is fucking, you know, this is some Doctor Who. This is some Teen Wolf. You know, like it's I mean, I've so... listened to it like four times. Like... I've listened to it three times now. Yeah. <laughs> and let me let me say this: there's another, there's a hidden, and I mean this literally. There is a oh, hidden... and short circuit. Well, that too, with especially with how the suit reacts. But yeah, um, there's a hidden influence. There was a movie in the uh, in the I think mid eighties called The Heavenly Kid. That the the main angel in that movie that helped the main character get through his name was Rafferty. I took that as a as a uh, as a reference, but the whole idea was it's also a bit of a um, I wouldn't say a pseudonym because you really can't like the the being that is Rafferty really can't be quantified in that stance so it's really cool i saw this movie the heavenly kid yep it was terrible (laughs) oh i loved it but then again i I love terrible movies apparently (laughs) it's it's okay so it's not terrible like like oh god it's it's uh it's terrible like angels in the outfield cheesy terrible Mm -hmm. let's uh hold on i I got it let me uh, let me go ahead and bring it up here uh, and we'll we'll watch the preview for this. Uh, let me see here. Yep, I remember this. I remember this fucking movie. It was so goddamn bad. This looks like a post Malone video. <laughs> That's Lewis Smith. He actually teaches for UCLA right now. This is a Post Malone video. Bobby died in the 60s. But he's back in the 80s. The Heavenly Kid. You never know who's looking out for you. The Heavenly Kid. Coming this summer from Orion Pictures. That's a really horrible... uh, trailer but i think the movie was way better than 
<laughs> the trailer was. But that's let me, uh, I'm just <laughs> honestly though. Every time I think about like references in Dark Charm, I start wondering when we're going to use some more of U62's Friday Night lineup. Because we've already got fun with dirt, but now we need druids on parade, the volcano worshippers hour, underwater bingo for teens. You like. gotta admit, they had a, they had they were onto something. They were onto something. <laughs> and then the whole idea, like, because the idea of like the how I came up with the name "Fun with Dirt" was literally from UHF, yeah. and I was like, "This is perfect." <laughs> but they don't ever tell you what "Fun with Dirt" is about. No. So I'm like, there two grave diggers who talk to. <laughs> Here we go. I think I found a. I think I found the full trailer. Let's take a look. Is this NSFW? That's uh, that's a little bit of saucy music here. There's one dude like next door with a window open, just rocking a fucking saxophone. <laughs> that's not the soundtrack. That's the neighbor, <laughs> right? It's kind of a vibe, though. I like this. Yeah, no, this is like the soundtrack they spent a lot of money on. It was a good soundtrack. It was a wonderful soundtrack. It rivals Grease. Is that Lois from Malcolm in the Middle? Yes. Yes. Dumbass. <laughs> And that's Mark Metcalf, the dude from the uh, Twisted Sister uh, music videos. Left my cigarettes in there. <laughs> Man, that wasn't printed that day. <laughs> no. That would have been really crappy. She's about to pull a Mills. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's a tricky video. I, yeah, well, no, this is this is literally the trailer. This is That's for a what long they showed. Trailer. No, this is back in the '80s. Remember, trailers were seven minutes in the '80s. Yeah, theatrical trailers, man. Yeah, this is actually short. There's that guy next door again. Covered in baby oil without a shirt. I was gonna say it's the right, same dude from uh, from Lost Boys. Yeah. I was gonna say it's the guy from Lost Boys on his next fucking gig. <laughs> the fucking bodybuilder with a bendy sex whistle. <laughs> <laughs> That's still my favorite. That is crazy, but so true. What, what is the what is the trumpet? This this that's my second one. Oh, uh, twisty scream flute. <laughs> twisty yes. scream flute. The twisty screen flute. Uh, so, like, I, I always thought Rafferty was, uh, uh, in reference to uh, James Rafferty, the, the curator. Mm. Well, maybe the curator from Ready Player One was reference to that. 
because the curator did give him an extra life yeah, like yeah, an angel yeah. would <laughs> yeah, like James Rafferty, the the fucking and plus curator. Ready Player One, there was an entire book of '80s references. Yeah, so could be that. So could it's like that, a yeah. triple reference, triple rentendre fun funnel or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, what a tangled reference web! I don't oh, know. No. Hey, uh, but there, there, there was a point you said that you know. Uh, 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 Damon, Damon's uh, rebellion in the '80s was to be smart, and I and I was like, I resonate so much with that with that concept. I'm like, I, I I got I got spaceships and you know like outer space tattooed on me because I'm such a huge fucking nerd. Uh, and right, I got made fun of in middle school because I like Star Trek and sci-fi. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't. Like, I didn't listen to like gangster rap and just watch stupid ass cartoons all the time. I mean, I mean, look at like, look at what is look. I mean, like even in the first five minutes of the of the uh, of the episode, what's he doing? He's playing music that makes a statement. He's trying to graduate high school, mm-hmm. and most people don't really talk to him. Yeah, and he but he's into the whole goth scene. He's into the emo stuff. He's wearing the old buccaneer shirts and tizzed up hair, like you know people he used to love that stuff back in the eighties. Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode. Now I, Cure. I, I gotta, I gotta ask. Was because Neil Gaiman is the blueprint for everything gothic. Was mm-hmm. was Gaiman in any part of an influence in this? No. Really, I am no. surprised. I'm genuinely you'd be, surprised. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised as who my main original influence was in in um the at least the image of uh, of Damon. I'm dying to know. Mel Brooks, Spaceballs. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, okay, well, that would have surprised me. But let's no, see. if it was Mel Brooks, no, I, I, Mel Brooks, Spaceballs is literally a lot of the the inspiration I get for fun with dirt. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. But it makes not, a lot, makes a lot of, of sense. Well, well, considering a lot of the characters, but that, but I digress. Um, my the main influence before he obviously he went crazy was Ezra Miller. Mm. Mm. The yeah. look, all that stuff. That looked like that was that was Damon. However, with as time progressed, and you know, we just had a little bit more of a different idea of how he would look in 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 our world. It went from being less of him and more like Tim, Timothy Chalamet. Um, that became sort of our smaller model because we obviously didn't want to come into the story with a guy who was sexually built and you know like it's like he's a he's just a normal regular everyday everyday dude from cincinnati i mean you know just he's not supposed to be totally out of the ordinary because eventually he gets to the point where he's well put together as you as the uh as the episode goes along because in, you know, in the episode he's, he literally meets a future version of himself. Yeah. And he's like, that's not me. Yeah. That's you. It's you, homie. <laughs> that's you, homie. I still, I still love, I still love Rafferty's line. Told you no one would believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. were over there. Ice cream is over there. <laughs> 
cry your feelings into the chocolate rum ripple right <laughs> so th- there was a th- there was a big fight in this fucking episode and you said you were very heavily heavily influenced by bruce lee uh mm-hmm. was was uh was that was that the only martial arts you were influenced by in the 80s or was there because bruce lee ended in the 70s but his 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 legacy carried on well into the 80s and it mm-hmm. got picked up by jackie it got picked up by Jet Li, uh chuck norris yeah um but you gotta figure damon is in his why do you hate chuck teens? norris a lot of reasons <laughs> damon's in his late teens so yeah. he would remember all the bruce lee movies he would remember all of you know, like even if, even if he was like a kid, you know, in the seventies, he would still remember a lot of that influence. And even like Jackie Chan, and like because in the eighties, karate became a huge thing in the United God, States. Like it was everywhere. And then you know, eventually, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Karate Kid, <laughs> everything just blew up, and every kid wanted to learn karate. Yep. But I learned everyone though, so. Yeah, I mean, some people, some people didn't. I mean, like, I, 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 I actually took a couple years of taekwondo, but that was nothing um, for me, anyway. I just learned how to think my way out of a fight. I couldn't do that, unfortunately. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have that opportunity. Uh, I was always very small. I, I, I was, I was skinny and sickly most of my life, uh, so I got, I was an easy target. You know what I mean? Especially in Texas. So I learned how to defend myself very, very, very early in my life. And I got a lot of... St- that's why this doesn't grow in. <laughs> that's why this doesn't grow in right here. It's because like all of this is scarred up from being punched in the face. Oh, yeah. Dang. <laughs> See, I, I, I beat the kid through legal channels, basically. He, uh, he shoved me, so I shoved him back. I didn't give a shit. And uh, he punched me right in the mouth. I took the hit. That's why these are always crooked. Yeah. Right here. I took the hit. Went to homeroom and was like, hey, I need to go to the nurse. She was like, wait till after the pledge. And I pulled my lip down and I had braces on. So my lip was cut almost all the way through. I pulled my lip down. The blood just poured. She goes, okay, just go. And then they were like, who did that? And I told them exactly who did it. Straight up kicked out of middle school for that. Yeah. Never had to deal with that one again. I was... I was maybe around five. No, I was I was a little bit older than that, but I was in elementary school, and I got beat up uh, by a couple of kids, and uh, I went home to, of course, a Hispanic mother, and my mom told me that you're gonna go back tomorrow, and you're gonna get you're gonna kick this kid's ass, and you're never gonna lose another fight, or you're gonna have to answer to me. Mm-hmm. And in in the Hispanic world, that's 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 a that's a death threat, you know. <laughs> So what did I do the next day? I went back and I beat up four fucking kids, took one of their shoes, lost one of my shoes, came back home with me, three of my friends to bear witness. My fucking nose crooked because I got it broken. (laughs) And uh, since since then, I have not lost a fight. And, you know, right after that, I started I started learning uh, Jeet Kune Do from all the manuals that they would include, you know what I mean? And all the old magazines. Remember those? Like martial arts monthly and all that shit that would include the little pamphlets. Soldier of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. Like the, they, they had little pamphlets and shit like that that would teach you like the the forms and stuff. And so that's how I started learning Jeet Kune Do. And uh, I wanted to learn Jeet Kune Do because I thought Bruce Lee was like the ultimate motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like this this dude is just he's so skinny because I was really skinny. I mean, I he took like, down Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Like shit, yeah, he did. <laughs> Fucking took out that dude's thighs and knees. Uh, Made him his size, man. That's my <laughs> technique. 
<laughs> bring him down to your height. And uh, uh, and and I remember I remember emulating him because he was so thin. You know what I mean? Like everybody else in the in the martial arts scene was built like you know a huge. Even Chuck Norris was a bigger a bigger built guy. You know he had mm-hmm. the big guns and stuff. But I looked at I looked at Bruce because he was thin and he was skinny and he moved with like these big hands and you know what I mean this really intense gaze and he, he hit like a fucking freight train because like I, I I've always learned in my my entire childhood that you know of course movies are fake movies are fake movies are fake but then I start reading all these interviews about what Bruce was before he came to America he is a freeform fighting champion he was a, a cha-cha dance champion like this motherfucker did, lived the life you know what I mean so I, I I started emulating him and that's where like my whole martial arts things come from so i mean like that's that's the whole reason i'm like was, was there anybody else besides bruce you know what i mean because like you like you said that whole air is just rife rife with fucking yeah. uh, michael j white you know what i mean people like that yeah and so the just you'd figure you know especially influence wise if you see something like that in front of you what's the first thing you're gonna think Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee shit. Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee shit. So imagine now that type of fighting going on with someone who was just as equally badass as Bruce Lee trading off shots with each other. And that's and one of them is you. What, and one of them <laughs> eventually is you. So you're like, wow. Like, like I can understand because like it, 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 when you sit there and you listen to the, 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 uh, the, the recording – He's basically sort of like he, uh, Mac put it beautifully. He was like he could literally have called the nurses, but he was enamored with everything what he was seeing in front of him. Because we're fucking '80s kids, yeah, man. We're looking at that shit going. That's awesome. Hell yeah! I should that probably call someone. Like, that plus he's like tied down and drugged, so just enjoy the ride at this point. At this <laughs> point, yeah. I mean, he's 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 in a situation where he really can't do much of anything, and then. He had to save himself, and it was he, he got out of the situation. He wasn't using any lethal force. That was the whole. That was the whole point. He couldn't kill anybody. Yeah. Um, Great, uh, do you got a monitor on for yeah. the show? Okay. Cool. Uh, no, actually, I don't. Hold on, I'll pull one up though. But I mean, like, so, like, I, I really, I, I, I liked the speed of which that scene moved, uh, because not, not only is Damon taking a back seat to the whole thing, but Bismarck. Bismarck is, is just as shocked as everything else going on. And uh, I, I do love the, the even in that instance, there's 80s to it. You know what I mean? Like, like what's playing in die. the background, man? Fucking. Oh, <laughs> now for a hero. <laughs> so, like, uh, we're, we're going to take a look at one of the scenes here. You got it? Yep. We're going to take a look at one of the scenes here that inspired uh, Danny. I'll turn this all yep. the way down. And that's what I mean about body manipulation is him literally just tossing these fuckers aside. Hey, when you're a little guy, you no can use wasted, their weight against you, you know? No wasted movement. None. That's no. the best part. He used everything. Like, There's he, a guy he, kicking our ass! Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm going home! Good luck! <laughs> <laughs> we should roast this movie. That would be fun. This would be fun. Alright, so we're, we're coming up here. Uh, this... Yep. Right here. Even the slow motion parts was like loved. I loved this scene so much. 
and I was like, I have to have this, but I have to have this with both him and Bismarck together. Yeah. And they're just trading off on each other and until eventually Damon finally gets gets ahead of him and rescues the uh, you know, the there's younger Damon. Yep, That's there's Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. And neck broke. <laughs> Kills Jackie. Yeah. Uh kinda yep. wanna get to the part with the Kali sticks. Yep. Kali sticks are my favorite. I am good with him. I, however, like it's. I am not the best. Shoot, it's amazing what you can learn from a book, though. Yeah, that's I, how I, I learned. I learned all my karamba handling from a book. Actually, I have that book if you want to check it out. Uh, I don't think I need any help with knives, but kali sticks would be like a lot of help for me. That's my next. Tech, that's my next one to learn. Hold on, and it's about to happen. Because then, when I get good with there, there we go. When I get good with Kali sticks, what I'm going to do is get two really short, like Yoda-sized lightsabers. Oh god! And that's that's going to be my my. <laughs> that's right in the base of the fucking you, skull. You might not Jedi you might not have to kill anything with lethal force, but you could definitely hurt someone. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I, I've uh, I've hey. that, that's how I know I'm not good because I've tried to learn Kali, and I had a lot of fucking bruises, man. <laughs> Ow. Out, out, okay, out, okay, and I'm, I'm, this is not me. <laughs> no, I mean, incapacitated is basically the combat equivalent of dead, so, you know, you don't yeah. have to kill him. Nope. So, like, yeah, so we got one more here with, uh... Look at I'm just that. watching it on the monitor, so I'm a couple seconds behind. Christ. Bye. <laughs> just taps him right in the fucking mouth. Hold that yep. for a second. But uh, like the the speed in which he moves is one of my is one of my favorite things about Bruce and mm -hmm. how fucking how much in the eighties they tried to emulate him, you know what I mean? Like, and I, I don't know if you guys know this about like Jackie Chan, but when uh, when Bruce died, they tried to make Jackie the next Bruce. They they put him on the same kind of schedule, the same kind of regimen, and that's why Jackie was as ripped as he was uh, uh, way back when. Uh, you know, like his best friend Chao Yun Fat. Uh, was uh like like was was the choreographer he was the b-side man uh but giant he's a bigger guy you know what i mean uh so uh he got he got kind of pushed to the side but uh so much so much of the 80s tried to emulate that and I, i'm wondering more or less like where that where that begins and ends as far as like fashion fascination street because like when it comes to like the, the fight scenes that i've written uh, especially for the sh for all all that we've done, there's a lot of brutality involved. It's a lot of hard movement. It's a lot of, uh, you, you know, uh, or, or or really stealth, brutal shit with a knife involved. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm wondering like where does it begin and end? Like where what what was the initial goal of showing Damon's skills for this? The initial goal is to vent was was to originally show that he could handle himself in a fight. Um, and even handle himself with, because you figure, <clears throat> he could probably do more than one style blindfolded at this point. He's had hundreds, thousands of years worth of experience with any type of um, martial art at this point. 
and he could handle himself. But the problem is he's coming up against someone who has the equal, almost the equal amount of time that he's been training himself to fight each other. So the idea of showing that type of ferocity on both sides, it was all editing. That was insane. <laughs> I'll say that. Editing the whole thing, it's just I'm sitting there like, I gotta have this, I gotta have this. I got to make the people more immersed in this fight. And trust me, I feel like I did it, <laughs> but it's like the idea of both of these guys like trading blow for blow, hit for hit, block for block, and eventually, you know, Damon because there's a lot of fights probably that Damon had lost to him. Right. Oh, yeah. Kind of like and Neo versa. versus Agent Smith. To an extent. Um where it like if 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 Bismarck wasn't um you know some type of like uh otherworldly creation. Yeah, well that's kind of how but, I pictured it personally. Yeah. It's like like Bismarck is Smith and Damon is Neo. Right? So you've got first movie Neo laying there in the hospital bed. And then you've got third movie Neo kicking third movie Agent Smith's ass. But it's kind of an equal fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, because, yeah. yeah, Neo learned all the kung fu from the computer, but Agent Smith is the computer that contains all the information. He is, yeah. uh, he is an agent of the system. And uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a really good comparison. Like, uh, I, I, know, I know it's not like Danny's favorite, but it is actually a really good comparison when it comes to like, uh, skill versus uh, ferocity. Because what, what we know in the end is that uh, the reason the agents always win is because they fight cold. They mm-hmm. don't fight with emotion because they, they don't have any. They're they fight mathematically. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the reason they always win because they can the users bend the fight rules. to survive. Yeah. yeah, they can bend the rules, but they can't break them. So everything that the agents do is within the confines of the matrix. So... Knowing that's that. actually a good analogy, um, because you think Bismarck has sort of he's been uh, unhinged for who knows how long. Like that, but then he's also he's he he knows how to control his emotions mm-hmm. to the point where he's like he's cold. Yeah, and him, I mean him trying to just eliminate a Watchman is just another Tuesday. It's another Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking bison. <laughs> yeah. The day Bison graced your village with his presence, it was life altering. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> I love that fucking line. It's so gross. Uh, but like, um, <laughs> like the the stuff that I added to Fascination Street was actually not in the fighting, uh, but in the lore and. That's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit for for a minute or two here, because like the fighting, while it's interesting, we're going to get way more into that as, as the episodes progress. But the lore of it, and you know the uh, the the Doctor Who, uh, you know the Bill and Ted, you know aspect of the totem that takes people places. Mm-hmm. So like, was was that a Bill and Ted inspired thing? Was it a Doctor Who inspired thing, or uh, was that just plucked out of thin air? The idea of it being a lamppost was literally plucked out of thin air. However, the idea of something being a um, catalyst for movement—a vehicle—a yeah. vehicle that would—that's a little bit 
Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, the had uh, the idea of that being the like the vehicle because everybody's like you know look at the the stuff of the eighties. They had a DeLorean. They had you know the the TARDIS. They had you know they also the, had uh, you know the other phone booth. <laughs> the other phone booth. You know, and I was like you know the idea of the strange lamppost just being this weird conduit that just allows him to go anywhere which the fun thing is too when i was on the interstate um you know traveling on to the next chapter of my life it was like mm-hmm. 1 30 in the morning going down the interstate and all of the lights are yellow but in this line of yellow street lamps there is one that glowed bright blue and i was like I want to go touch it. <laughs> I want to touch it. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if it would work, but it's only when we to find out. Yeah, oh, cut yourself okay, and put it on the there. Interstate. I got to get off the interstate. I love the concept because uh, we've kind of lost that. You know what I mean? We've kind of lost that with the whole Marvel movies and stuff like that. The, the vehicle has become uh, blase. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why. That's why I got all, all. These are all ships. These are all ships. These are all the vehicles in which the the story takes place, which is why they're so important to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, which is why I got the TARDIS right there. Which is why I got the Black Pearl. Which is why I got the Swordfish and Planet and the Planet Express ship even, be, uh, because they're they're all the vehicle in which the fucking story takes place. Like, um. So I, I, I the USS Endeavor right there. Right in the middle, <laughs> and uh, that—that's my favorite Star Trek ship, of course. Uh, you know, uh, Grave Grave knows why, but the—the—the—the uh, uh, the, the vehicle to me was, and that's kind of what drew me to work on this uh, with Danny was that there is a vehicle, there's the vehicle. You know what I mean? There, there's there's a mode here. It's not just like it's a strange poof. vehicle, but it's a vehicle nonetheless. <laughs> I got like, the Black Pearl, a dead a ship haunted by ghosts. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, there, there is no strange for me. Like, uh, but I, I, I loved it. I loved going back to this idea that there is a vehicle in which the story itself can be told from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and the great, and the greatness about about that situation is, especially before the instance where Damon makes his way to the Nexus, the story behind it is that the, the, the homeowners association has been trying to get rid of this lamppost for years. Mm-hmm. And somebody always comes in and seems to save this thing. It gets painted up. It gets graffitied. It gets all this stuff. And then it goes back to the way it originally looks all the time. So he's thinking to himself, yeah, somebody's taking care of this thing. He doesn't realize that this thing is literally a gateway to any place. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like, look at the look at the phone booth from uh, from uh, Bill and Ted. Mm-hmm. I keep coming back to Bill and Ted, but there's there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it for it, and it, it is the uh, the crudeness of it. You know, yeah, there's your dimensional travel in the eighties, like yeah, because I mean, like, so you got the TARDIS. What does TARDIS stand for? Time and relative dimension inside space. So that means that. The inside is always bigger than the outside. So and it was mean, specifically designed for that purpose. Somebody yeah. made it to do that. But you got and the person uh, that operates the TARDIS knows that's what it's for. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it leaves the Same thing with the DeLorean. On. The person operating the DeLorean knows that's what it's for. But you go, you go back to the crudeness that, that is the phone booth in Bill and fucking Ted. <laughs> and that's kind of why I keep coming back to Bill and Ted because they, they transport how many people literally in a phone booth? And it's and it's and it's not the TARDIS, you know what I mean? It doesn't open up into a bigger space. No, they all smash in they there. They all smash in there, and one of them farts. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's there like Beethoven and like the devil, Socrates, or yeah, uh, Abe Lincoln, Abe yeah. Lincoln. Like uh, everybody was just seen. smashed into the phone booth. And then like there was a situation where like he, they're surfing inside this thing, and Bill, no, not Bill, is Ted, like out of the thing, like. Hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you could breathe in the time zone, uh, in, the, in the time stream like that. You're protected. I mean, uh, as long as you're making physical contact, I guess. I don't know. And that's kind of, and that's kind of why I keep going back to it is, uh, you know, like uh, this massive sophistication of technology, but it's also ridiculously crude. <laughs> it's a lamppost. It's it a fucking lamppost. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I, I, I love the aspect. Plus, I keep going back to Bill and Ted because of the age of Damon. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bill and Ted, you know, Late when they teens. get... Yeah, when a couple they, of they, teenagers. Something's afoot at the Circle K. A <laughs> <laughs> couple of teenagers, they really like their rock and roll music, trying mm-hmm. to do good in high school. It just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they did know. have like the ultimate history report, you know? like. <laughs> but they were also very dumb yeah. compared to, to Damon. The so key word there like, was trying to do good trying in school. To do good in school. <laughs> they were, and failing, but you know, I mean, Ted Theodore Logan being my favorite, you know, I know, I know, I know a lot of people like Bill S. Preston Esquire, but there is a, I have a certain love for Ted because he's very stupid, but also ridiculously insightful, you know. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of that's kind of how I ache it to 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 Damon. Yeah, he's a, he's a dumb he's a dumb teen, but he's also kind of insightful in the in the same way. So uh, I, that's I keep why one... it would be awesome though if we ever make that story about the lens. You remember Dead Man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we could just get a hold of Keanu Reeves for one like fifteen second background thing. Excuse me, Professor Logan. You know, and the camera's still moving, but you just hear him addressed as Professor Logan that one time, and that's it. That's all we need him for. Yeah, no. Just so we can make that reference, like, like, hey, he did it. He's good. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> and and uh, Bill and Ted face the music was also really, really good. Uh, I, I loved, I love this. There's this scene towards the end where they're like traveling fast enough to have constructs of themselves passing out music, and it's like, hi, Ted. I am not Ted. I am a physical representation of Ted's consciousness. But hello, and then he just disappears, <laughs> and I'm like. What the fuck? <laughs> I so love the, the buff, buff Bill and Ted, man. Oh, when they go to prison? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's uh, awesome. And what was it? yeah, they'd be excellent to each other and like all the tattoos. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think my favorite ones were the washed up Bill and Ted with the belly sticking out of the, the oh, yeah. badly buttoned shirt and then fucking Dave Grohl showing up. Who the fuck are you people? <laughs> So like uh, I, I and that's also that's also like a fun aspect of Bill and Ted is they keep coming back to meet themselves, you know what I mean? So that that's another aspect of Bill and Ted that I can that I kind of see in Fascination Street, and I know Fascination Street's like so much more serious than Bill and Ted, but I I do aching I do aching the fun to it, you know what I mean? I, I relate the fun to it, so um, 
I don't know. Like how how far off in the market am I on that? You're not far off. It's, it's it, they, I mean, there's a lot of influences. Like I said, the '80s were an open book to me for for a lot of the stuff that's in the um for the for the series. Because especially like as the series progresses, you see a lot of um old '80s uh, romance flicks referenced just by situations between Carrie and 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 Damon. Just no sixteen candles. No, nothing like that. But like the the weird trope of you know these two people don't really like each other but then they fall in love with each other oh yeah classic yeah. 80s shit classic romancing the stone uh you know what i mean uh some indie yep. jones for that one yeah uh <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, like, so, I mean, and it's so difficult to talk about just the one episode, but there is, like, uh, there, there is something I want, like, I wanted to bring you on because we all did work on it. Uh, yeah. And I, and I, I gotta tell you, DJ was amazing as Bismarck. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And, and grave robber did a fantastic job as, as Rafferty. And then, um, Paul Schroyer, that's our unsung hero right now. Yeah. Paul fucking Paul. Paul Schroyer and his portrayal as, as Damon Holloway brings a whole new dynamic to that how that character was 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 taken care of, put together, all that. And I I couldn't have been more pleased by his performance. And uh, I I'm so grateful to hear Paul like in this in this tone. We had him on a few a few shows ago uh, to talk about you know the idea of going from a completely improv situation to uh has paul been on the show yeah he's been on the show several times we talked about uh uh rabbit ears with him when he was on last time if you need to pod boba there's one in the i'm a i'm a huge fan of rabbit ears i love that show (laughs) i'm serious it's like i i wait every monday to just before i go into my hellhole of a job I, I go and, and I listen to Rabbit Ears because it makes it just that a little less depressing. The insanity that is Rabbit Ears makes me laugh a lot. And uh, uh, this this last episode, I think, uh, well, I wasn't the last one. I didn't listen to the last one. But the, the, the Pointless Discussions crossover. I was really surprised that. I was like, what the fuck? Why, why are Paul and Mark here? God damn it. And um, I remember... Uh, I remember. I remember thinking about Paul because I, uh, you were talking about Ollie from mm-hmm. Brotherhood, and you were yeah. talking about how uh, how you wanted this, you know, happy-go-lucky, upbeat dude. And I'm like, that that is that is like none of us. <laughs> but I got someone. I got someone, and I was just thinking about Paul, and I was like, how his voice is just so distinct and so like upliftingly cheery when he yeah. wants to be. So I was like, yeah, it's got to be Paul. It's it's just got to be Paul. And uh, you're going to be meeting him uh, in yep. October. And, Looking uh, forward to it. Hell yeah! And uh, it's uh, I'm so glad that I, I nailed that casting. You know what I mean for for uh, for Ollie. Oh yeah. And for him to for him to move over to Fascination Street is also like just one of those things that I'm also kind of proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, because like when when I was originally trying to cast for Damon, I had a good I had a good. Uh, lineup of people but i wanted someone who hasn't who hadn't had like a a huge starring role before in something else so i was like well paul actually makes a lot more sense because he's a very like 
his voice is very vibrant, even youthful to an extent. Yeah. So I was like, that's perfect for Damon. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I, whoever I put in that role would have a very good um, chemistry with with Emily. And I wanted to make, because literally when I started to do this whole thing, she's the first person I thought of to play um, Carrie. Carrie. Completely. And 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 not the not as a knock on my own sister because my sister does not really do drama well. Um, she's very comedic oriented, but I personally loved how she uh, she she brought Carrie to life. And and in the next episode, you're you're gonna see that. Um, and she was instantly my 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 first choice to play Carrie. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about the casting because you do have, uh, you do have like a very heavy cast for yes. this for this show. It's a and deep cast, trust me. It, but it, even for the first episode, it's a deep cast. It is, and um, uh, you know, well, you talked about you talked about Emily and you talked mm -hmm. about Paul, yep. but I mean, uh, Grave being Rafferty, Grave being you know almost as essential as almost as essential to the story. As the light post, mm -hmm. as Rafferty, as Ziggy and Al, mm -hmm. uh, what, where, how, did, how did you two develop that together? Because I know there was some back and forth about what Rafferty was supposed to sound like. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, yes, I was it was the hell out. I'll tell you that. So the original, <laughs> the original concept that I had of Rafferty was that his voice would match the person he was emulating, and I'm like, that's not going to be, that's not going to be feasible. Yeah, that um, would have been. I I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but and then like, so well, then, is Rafferty going to be Christopher Walken or Forrest Gump or something like, that I could do? <laughs> but that's just it. Like he, uh, who mind, you? he wouldn't know. Who, yeah, like he might be Christopher <laughs> Walken, but he wouldn't do Forrest Gump. Right. Um, we're the white blood cell of the universe. It's good for you. It's good for you. <laughs> I'm not doing walking. I'm not doing walking. So, so once we finally made the uh, made the conscious decision to just make him one standard voice, but still let the audience know that every time Rafferty came into a scene with Damon, he was somebody different because his brain couldn't fathom the uh, uh, the what true form, Rafferty yeah. looks like in true form. So I was like, okay, so, well, how do we make this character come to life? And originally the idea was like, okay, he's good, but he's sort of distant, very cold. I was like, well, we could probably use Spock as a, as a reference. Mm -hmm. And we tried it as Spock, and I was like, there's just something wrong with doing it that way. It, did, it felt heartless. Even it was though too logical. Yeah. It was too logical. And I was like, and and... I'm, I'm I'm pondering my brain, thinking about it, thinking about it, and and Grave goes, "What about a teacher?" And I'm like, "Let's try it." So he he I guess he he, he like combined like a, uh, a, you know, a normal teacher Isaac from yeah. the division, and yeah. he was like, "I'm going to use this." So he started doing the lines as a teacher version, like I, I thought, like he was also going into his inner museum curator. Kind of, yeah. Because like, so, like I had said, I kind of pictured what what my brain understood Rafferty as. He was just kind of walking around with his hands behind his back, occasionally, you know, pointing something out. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, and and so that came like when that hit the mark. Um, and we were like, yep, let's use that as the reference. So, the funny thing is by using that as a reference, some of the of our funnier some of our funnier uh, inside jokes came from <laughs> like the first line that literally he says to Damon is, who are you? Yeah, right. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I still love that. I still love constant that. strangers popping in. He doesn't care where you came from. You came from somewhere, but who are you? Like, <laughs> and then, and then, and then the last, uh, the last funny thing was when Damon comes back to the Nexus after all the crap that happens <laughs> yeah. to him. He's like, welcome back. Told you no one would listen to you. Mm-hmm. He did though. <laughs> like, well, I could just leave. Then go, go. Touch the okay. lamppost, and you'll be returned home. No one will believe you. I'm trying to find like a <laughs> like... good uh, Isaac. But yeah, those those were the that was the influence. Here, I got it on my watch. That's some Dick Tracy shit right there. <laughs> Let me see. Huh? Alexa, open the Division Network. The skill Division Network can help you with that. Do you want to enable it? Oh, I wonder how much that is. Yes. Division Network contains mature content oh. that may not be suitable for all ages. Would is that you like okay? to continue? Yes. Sorry. I don't know that. No, that. Sorry. I don't know that. Connection with the order. Connection with Shade Network. Activated. Agent, state your name. There. That's Isaac. Hunter. Oh, free. Vocal scan match. Identity confirmed. Audio file download commencing. Files marked extremely sensitive. Strategic Homeland Division only. Agent, proceed. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah, that's Isaac. Yeah. I can see I can see a little bit of Rafferty in there, but I, I'm glad you sort of take that and you you give it a little bit more less sterility. Yeah. Than well, yeah that. It was like, but it was perfect. It was like you literally were like, made it a little more human. Yeah. It made Ish. it a little but the funny thing is he's not even human. That's I know, the right? best part. <laughs> but when he's communicating with humans, it helps for them to think he's one of them. Yes, very much so. That's why yeah. he's Alice Cooper. <laughs> like... He's Alice Cooper, then he was Bob Hope. <laughs> it's great. I mean, um, so, like, and uh, and um, the thing is, is I've been considering heavily uh, doing the Division story I have. And it should totally be an audio drama at least. <laughs> it is so fucking brutal. It is so fucking brutal. And uh Emily can totally be Faye. Oh, totally. Even even Stacy. Uh, uh like there's there's no real, you know, generalization to that. But there, I've been heavily considering it. It's just it is really, really brutal. And uh I don't know if Danny would be yeah, okay. it is pretty pretty violent it is extraordinarily violent because, like, imagine, imagine that season exists imagine that season two opener okay. that dead man pitched yeah but like all the time what is it probably it's at least if we made it into an audio drama it would be at least six hours where it's at now and then um multiply that would that be like violence. a mini series multiply that, that, that violence by no less than four like <laughs> 
<laughs> I'd put explicit on every bit of that. Because uh, it's literally about taking out, like, terrorist cells in New York. And it's not... By the time our characters come in, it ain't pretty. Mm. We're, the, we're the final guys. <laughs> would, this be, would this be linked to the, uh, to the universe or no? Not at no. all. It would be something else. Okay. Yeah, it's its own story, yeah. And uh, and like I said, it's just so fucking violent. Hold on, I'm going to try to... Uh... Just find that one piece where they're... They they're asking the guy who did how many were there two two squads no two people like that's a good part. So I'm gonna do here. <laughs> and then you see Leif and Juice walk in. Hey, more <laughs> <laughs> no, about two like, squads. I don't I don't know man. Like yeah, I would I would almost say that Dead Man and Grave Robber in this story are They're kind Juice of on the Leif. level of like Juice and Leif, but without the magical powers. They are, and the, the reason I wrote this, and they're not uh, shipped. They're they're literally just two buds that have been doing this for way too long. Well, you're shipped in a different way. You're not shipped like <laughs> not like tied together. down like Juice and yeah. Leaf. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I I just sent you what I have written so far via email, and uh, but peruse it over. Peruse, like like give it a just read the first fucking chapter. I think uh, I think that's more than enough. Not not the intro, mind you. The chapter mm-hmm. like the the. And I, and I think it's more than enough to give you an idea of what this is. Because the one thing I ask though is Dead Man and Grave Robber be played by Dead Man and Grave Robber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we have to, we have to, because uh, uh, the, the the characters are so distinct, and I and I do believe that there is room for this, and I've wanted to do something with it. It's just difficult to do something with something, something. that's copyrighted. You know, yeah, yeah, something fair. That, that's, that's this literally uh, be like a fanfic. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it's literally called the third wave because uh, the first wave of the division is meant to be the rescue squad. They're, mm-hmm. they're meant to, to save as many lives as possible. The second wave of the division is to try to fix the problem. But as we know from the games, the second wave fails. Mm-hmm. So twice. the third, twice, the third <laughs> wave, the third wave is scorched earth. The, the, these are the guys. While there are, there, there, there are you know hundreds of agents on the first wave, hundreds of agents on the second wave. There's only two agents <laughs> per division of the division, and these guys are the monsters. These guys are the things that go bump in the night. They're the they, ones that even the people in first and second wave don't even know exist. They thought third wave was a myth. Yeah, people have been in the division for years and never knew third wave was real. So like there's uh, uh there's a uh, there there is just a uh, there's something I've just been wanting to do it because like I have so much of it written right and I pretty much just wrote this for Grave Robber and I, people who yeah. want <laughs> people who want to read it can read it you know I don't give a fuck but there's uh there, there's a I still think it would look so cool in a black and white like pen and paper graphic novel though oh yeah oh yeah like I picture I, when I read through it I picture it all as like cells and just black and white like especially the pro you know yeah you know and uh, and uh you know just just the scene with a garage itself can be such such mood <laughs> you know what i mean the third wave is a... like freddy and jason but scary uh worse yeah they're worse than that yeah you want to be behind cool. us and not in front of us that's for sure at all fucking <laughs> times at all fucking times and uh and that, and that's just it you know like uh 
I, I want Denny to read it. I want Denny to, to you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe later on today, after everything is all said and done, uh, to, to give me some feedback on uh, it. Let him enjoy his steak dinner. He'll get to Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, week, wait, yeah. I'm talking about some <laughs> bedtime reading. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're watching a primal movie like Prey, you have to have a giant seared piece of animal flesh in front of you. Like, of course. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Oh so yeah. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about the music. I, I can't I can't find any I couldn't find oh, any Madonna Leo. covers. I like Leo. So let's uh let's listen to a cover of the main theme of this episode here. Give me a monitor. I got monitor. Leo's cool as hell, man. Like there has to be either a, a chase scene, a run scene, or a fight scene, and Danny chose a fight scene for this fucking song. Hell yeah! Like Strack. If I have to deal with a firefighter, I want him in a giant rabbit mask. <laughs> cool thing about this song in general is that Jim Steinman wrote it. Not familiar. Jim Steinman is the guy that wrote all of Meatloaf Kids. He also wrote, wrote a lot of stuff to Bonnie Tyler when Meatloaf had to abruptly retire in the late 70s. Oh. And that's why I say Short Circuit, because this was like literally the theme of Short Circuit at the end of the movie. I think it was Short Circuit 2, actually. No Number Johnny, Johnny 5, where are you going? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I do like how he adds a solo to every song, whether or not there was one. Has to have one. Well, listen to the solo, then we'll cut it off. Oh, I guess it wasn't that one. Oh. All right. I think we get the idea, but like... Yeah. That's such a that's such a good fucking song, and it's used so much. And like, it's in Shrek, it's in like Short Circuit. I know there was a, I, th- I think it's even in a Hulk Hogan movie at one point in time. Uh, and 
Mac Mac called you out. Mac was like, he's gonna use his fucking song. <laughs> Sooner or later, he's gonna use his fucking song. And, I used uh, it before he even called me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for for everybody watching, please do check out fucking Fascination Street. Uh, we've been going for a little bit, and uh, we don't want to keep Danny all fucking day, so we're gonna start wrapping this bitch up. I just got to pull up the other links here. But Danny, while I do this, tell everybody where to find all your stuff. You can find me on uh, Dark Charm Media um, uh, and on Facebook. You can find us on, uh, on Spotify, iTunes, or any place you get your podcasts. You can find Dark Charm Media radio shows. Yes. And of course, we're all going to be. I do Spotify. That way I can download the shows and listen to them when I don't have signal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which is current <laughs> but yeah. we're there whatever <laughs> uh but we're gonna go ahead and uh, you want to hit the button bubba all right and i you pushed know, the button you push the button <laughs> and as you know we have our uh, we have our guests sell the patreon so uh danny mm. tell them what they get because you're, you're a producer as well. Yes, I am. I'm a producer. He's even got I, a shirt. I even got a shirt. You still haven't cashed in your uh, Discuss the Dead Men token, but... I'm waiting. <laughs> He's going to find the perfect one. Well, for the first month... <laughs> oh, my God. It's Bismarck. The first blood... Well, this is Bismarck before he, you know, obviously... Oh, people want me to do the preacher. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> If you do the preacher for the Patreon, I'll do Rafferty for the Red Bubble. Okay, all right, I'll do it. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We've come to you, VTN. Please give us your hard-earned money. We have three beautiful tears that'll assist us in making your world as well as our world a better place Amen. for awesomeness. Oh yeah. We got our first one. It's only a dollar a month. Heck, one you, dollar. You can buy a big thing of gum for a little less than a dollar. Just take that dollar instead of chewing it away. Give it to us. Give it to us in our first blood. Just one dollar. But you know what? That's fine. That's dandy. And you know what you get with that lovely thing? You get a producer credit on Damn. every show. You Damn get it. the Marine Mental Minute and you get a minute with DJ. What what better way to do than that, you know? And you're doing it for a good cause. And by the good cause, I mean the the lovely uh, uh, people that operate VTN. You know what I'm saying? So, but, you know, you're like extra generous. Extra generous. You're like, hey, listen. I want to add two extra dollars to that bad boy. I can feel it. You feeling it. But you know what? Adding that two extra dollars takes you up to another tier. You get to the UAV tier. Three dollars a month. You get a little bit of bonus extra stuff on there. You get your producer credit on every show. You get access to the post show that was released every Wednesday. Plus, you get your Marine Mental Minute. And you need <laughs> the minute with DJ. Like you need fresh air in your life. Gotta have it. Gotta, gotta have, have it. it. And Jesus needs a water slide. We gotta go with that. <laughs> How do you, you know, the baptismal pool gotta get some fun. 
So the next one, you're like, okay, $3 is great, Reverend. $3 is fantastic, but I want to give more. I want to give $2 even more than that. When you Tell them yourself, how to do it, brother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you give yourself $5, one Abe Lincoln. And I'm not talking about the Abe Lincoln penny. I'm talking about the, you know, the dollar bills that fold. You know what I'm saying? And with that, you give yourself access to the monthly movie roast, access to the post show every Wednesday, your name read out at the end of every episode. Everyone. Everyone. Producer credit on every episode, plus you get stickers. My God, stickers. Tell them about the stickers. Oh, my God. They are so beautiful. They make my life shine. Stickers. And then you got... These giveaways every three months that you'll be ineligible for. Plus, you still got the essential minute with DJ and Marine Mental Minute. It's just plain and simple, people. Give so we can give. Can I get an amen? Amen! (laughs) God, don't like that jingle. He wants paper. He wants paper. (laughs) I love that. So... Uh, well, if everybody's doing a fucking voice, why not? I'll I'll, I'll do uh, Mike's favorite. I'll do Nick Cage in one of the socials. <laughs> so you see, you want to get in touch with these guys, and I get it. They're fun. They're loud. They cuss a lot. Kind of like the Nick Cage of the worlds, and it's good. I like it. Right. You want to get a hold of them? You go to your social media app things. I'm not too fucking keen on them. I don't know. I'm Nick fucking Cage. I don't need to get in contact with people. They get in contact with me. You go to VT Network 2 on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you fucking go. You get all the content that they put out every goddamn day. Every fucking day of every fucking week. They're putting out content for you people. If you want to get a hold of them, hey, you shut the fuck up when Nick Cage talks. When you want to get a hold of them, it's vtnetwork84gmail.com. I don't know how to work email, but I got people that do it for me because I'm Nick fucking Cage, okay? (laughs) But now I'm going to let the little Filipino guy tell you about stuff you can buy to help them out. <laughs> he he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. I, I I don't put speakers in my T Rex head. Okay, I put them in the Corvette. But I bang chicks in sometimes, guys. I didn't say that out loud. Yeah, you did. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that interesting yet information-filled promotion, there, Nicholas. Um, if you would please have a seat in the corner. Uh. And, I'm not drunk. Uh, all right, Nicholas. If you interrupt me one more time, it's going to be an eternal timeout. Now, folks. <laughs> eternal timeout. <laughs> if the monthly subscription is not to your liking, you can always choose not to subscribe. We don't care. We don't judge. The thing is, if you're not subscribed and you tell someone about this great show, no one will believe you. But you also have the option to do one-time purchases. Now, these one-time purchases will be more customized to your budgets, to what you are willing to give. 
And also it will help represent this network in which these lovely individuals work very, very hard to provide you a product. And why not represent that? So if you were to go to vtnetwork.redbubble.com on your web browser, using any device that you're capable of utilizing or any means necessary in the uh, case of our friend Nicholas over there in the corner, um, you will find wonderful little products. They have products such as phone cases, laptop cases, photographic prints, metallic prints, um, clocks, shower curtains, should you need one. Uh, hygiene is very important, especially here in the Nexus Eternal. You may not age, but you do get dirty. Um, pillows, because you can rest when you go home. Uh, we have face masks, because I do believe that on Earth in the year 2020, that is still a thing in some places. Um, travel mugs, water bottles, things like that. Hydration and nutrition are also very important. And again, all of these items are priced slightly differently, anywhere from a couple of dollars to a couple more dollars. Uh, we have t-shirts, they have uh, sweaters, they even have merchandise for your pets. Um, that is vtnetwork.redbubble.com. And also, VT Network is currently running a promotion where if you do purchase an item for $7 or more, and you send a screenshot copy of your purchase receipt to vtnetwork84 at gmail.com. You also have the opportunity to send a link to a video which, if I'm reading this correctly, you believe is disgusting enough to make the host named Deadman vomit um, on live camera, which is a fun perk because, uh, let's see, his file here says that the Deadman is about six foot two and self-proclaimed tough as nails so that is another incentive to purchase from vtnetwork.redbubble.com if you like the show but are slightly afraid of commitment definitely give that a, a, a once over your patronage and your purchases are highly encouraged that will be all <laughs> thank you rafferty thank you rafferty you're very welcome now please leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that does it for us in the show. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Danny, for being on. No problem. Um, we're gonna get the fuck out of here and do the post show. So uh oh, I want to also thank our patrons this month, which is Lofus, the Raging Caucasian, Cheyenne Carroll, Sherry Finks, Ashley, Mike Fucking Smith, Gibby, and Donnie Hangle. Thank you guys so so much. Um Without you guys, this show would not be possible. We also want to thank Paul Schroy and the Magic Squirrel Network for keeping us on and keeping us going and for sharing as much as we do because we are on their Facebook page right now streaming. So uh, to, to the surprise of many people, apparently. But uh, with all that said, we're going to get the fuck out of here. So say goodnight, Grave Robber. Good night, Watchmen. Nice.